Welcome, this is Mish Hancock, and you are listening to Mishmash, a place where I get to talk to the weird, wacky, wonderful people of this world, people I adore and want to know more about. My guest today is Mary Hostetter. She is the owner of the Blue Owl Restaurant and Bakery in the historic Kimswick, Missouri. Uh, there are also a couple of Blue Owl sweet shops, one in Kimswick and one in House Springs. She has appeared on several local and national television shows and is the author of several cookbooks. Welcome, Mary. Thank you so much. Happy to be here. <laughs> I'm so honored that you're here. Um, and one of the biggest reasons why I wanted to have you on, and I know you've probably told the story a million times, but it really is an inspirational story about where you started and where you are now. I mean, get, give us some background. Well, God has blessed me in my life, all through my life. But I was um, baking cookies in my home. I had gone through a divorce, and I had two small children, Kim and Kelly. Kim was six, and Kelly was two. So Kelly was still in diapers, and I wanted to be able to stay home with them as long as I possibly could. And I had to figure out a way that I could do that and still pay the mortgage. So I decided that I was going to, I had a love of baking and cooking. My mom and my grandma, I, um, you know, they grew up, I grew up with them teaching me how to bake and to cook. And, we are thankful to those oh, women. <laughs> oh, and they were so talented and so wonderful. There were five children in our family, and my mom always, always welcomed us into the kitchen to help to make dinner, to help peel the potatoes for the potato salad she made. Uh, you know, just she would make homemade donuts and fry them in the frying pan, and then she'd turn around and put them in a big, huge bowl of powdered sugar icing, and oh my gosh, and then she'd pick them up with a wooden <laughs> spoon, and, and she'd lay them across the bowl, and she'd turn around and drop some more donuts that she had made from scratch, and when she turned back around, they were gone. Oh, I bet. <laughs> they would be in my house. There's no way those yeah. would hang out long. <laughs> they disappeared, and that was because all five of us were around that bowl. You know, oh we couldn't gosh. wait. But, you know, it was those kinds of experiences, that love of having all of our meals together as a family. We we truly ate all of our, our meals together um, and would even come home for, lun for, for lunch from school oh, at really? recess. My dad would pick us up on several days of, of uh, the week, and he would come home on his lunch break, and he would bring us home, and we would all have lunch together, and then we'd go back to oh, school so cool. right before recess was over. And it was really—it didn't happen every day, but it happened a lot of days. And some days, he worked with my grandpa, and uh, my grandpa would come along, too, and have lunch with the family. So— it was like, oh my gosh, we wake up in the morning and mom would have, you know, bacon and eggs cooked for us, or she would have pancakes or crepes or whatever she would make for breakfast. Um, I don't even remember eating a lot of cereal. I just remember like hearty breakfast that she would oh, make for us all the time. That's so awesome. Yeah. And it's, it's so, like it's like home food. Oh, it's it like was the home stuff cooking. that like touches it, yes. you and you love it, comforting. Right. And, Without oh. a doubt, you know, and and my mom and grandma, grandma lived around the corner, and uh, her name was Selma Hinkle Roadfuchs, and she was from Germany, in case you didn't know. I did not know <laughs> yeah, that. Selma Hinkle this is something Road I didn't Fuchs. know. Yes, and so she taught my mom how to cook, and therefore they both, I could spend a lot of time with my grandma just li living around the corner from us, and then, of course, in the kitchen with my mom all the time. So when I needed to do something with my life, and I loved to have company over, I loved to cook, and I loved to bake and make everything from scratch. I decided that possibly, maybe in 1983, when all this was going on, 
um, maybe there was a need because a lot of women were having to go out into the workforce. Right. And they were having to, you know, work to help support their families. And so possibly I could feel uh, uh, fill the void there in making homemade desserts that they didn't have the time to do anymore. And then I would go to the craft fairs and the festivals in the St. Louis and Illinois area on the weekends. And every weekend day, I would have a craft show, if possible. And I would sell all of my goodies on silver trays with a banquet-style table with a lace tablecloth. My mom always had lace tablecloths on the table. And I would sell them by the piece. And then people could come and they could um, purchase by the piece or by the dozen. And I would give them a fly and tell them that if they wanted to order anything, they could just turn around and place their order with me. And I had a signature item, which was a pastry tray that really um, is still one of our signature items at the Blue Owl. And it has 12 different kinds of homemade pastries, cookies, and candies. Many of those were— And it's were, beautiful. I, I mean, it is you. a beautiful oh, thing to see and, and eat. Homemade. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> homemade and done by hand. And, you know, it's just um, one of those things that you wish— you could get all the time because it is just that special homemade touch and it's made with love. And so we have continued to do the pastry trays at the Blue Owl, but that was my item that I really would uh, promote during the holiday seasons and for showers and weddings and things like that. And people turned around and my first show was at the Green Tree Festival in Kirkwood, and that was in September of 1983. And by the Christmas of 1984, I had orders for over 30,000 Christmas cookies oh my that had to be made in my home kitchen, in my um, one <laughs> oh my oven. Gosh. I had one oven, and then I had a very small oven at the top of it that wouldn't even hold a regular-sized baking sheet. And so in order to prepare all of those pastries and cookies for the holidays, it would take me 21 hours a day and seven days a week for three <gasps> weeks straight just to be able to make the de- to meet the demands of the people. And I was just so blessed that I couldn't say no. People would call and say, oh, I need to order just one more tray. And instead of turning them away, I would add the tray to my list. <laughs> okay, I and, don't need sleep. Yes, no, no, no. <laughs> and I would just go forward. And, and by that Christmas, by the end of the, the Christmas season, I was really, really worn out. I and bet. Just prayed that God would tell me what He really wanted me to do with my life because I didn't think I could work that hard. No. But if He could just lead the way, and if it was His will that I would go forward and maybe find a location where I could have commercial equipment and maybe hire two or three people and we could work together, that maybe it could work and I would have a little retail bakery someplace. Um, and so my my children then, you know, Kimberly was older and Kelly was four. She was getting ready to start kindergarten the next year. And so I had a great neighbor, just a house away that babysat. And she took care of, of Kim and Kelly when, you know, I needed a sitter. And then I wound up finding the Blue Owl. And that was actually um, in May of 1985. And in August, this August, in just a couple of weeks, it will be 31 years that I've owned the Blue Owl, opened those doors and opened uh, the doors on the day of my grandmother's birthday and dedicated the opening to her. She had passed away, but I knew that she was going to be in heaven watching over me every step of the way. And so I opened the Blue Owl on uh, 
August 23rd of 1985. <laughs> and eventually put Kimswick, Missouri on the map. I mean, well, here's this little blessed. town that, you know, now is known internationally, yeah, globally it's on Food Network I and know. Travel Channel. And I, I just had a young lady come in with her family, and they were from Malaysia. That oh my was gosh. just, you know, last Friday, and I was like, oh my goodness, you know, and I said, please sign our guest book. But they do. They come from all over the world. They come from all over the United States, and it's just a thrill to see people coming in and being so excited to be at the Blue Owl exactly. because they've read about it or they've heard about it or someone's told them that they had to go there when they came to St. Louis. And, you know, I love to talk to people and ask them where they're from right. because they could be from Imperial or they could be from Alaska. You just never know where they're exactly. going to be from. But people, I don't think there's a day that goes by that we don't see someone at the Blue Owl from California, Texas, um, Michigan. Minnesota now. Lots of Minnesota people come in. We have a lot of people from Wisconsin and Iowa, Ohio, Indiana. I mean, it's just amazing how regular states, you know, and and Tennessee, because Highway 55 is right there. Oh, right. So they, you know, in Arkansas. So if they're coming in, you know, to like the hospitals or they're coming into the Cardinal Games or whatever, they make that stop to the Blue Isle and it's just absolutely wonderful. And I'm already getting hungry thinking about it. I know. I should have brought you lunch. (laughs) I should have. (laughs) I know where to go for a good lunch. (laughs) Well, listen, Mary, we are going to take a quick break and we will be right back with Mary Hastetter. Hi, this is Mish Hancock, and I'm the owner of 100th Monkey Media. 100th Monkey Media specializes in affordable and very effective social media solutions for the small to medium-sized business. Our goal is to create a social media presence that shows off who you are, what you do, and delivers brand loyalty and raving fans. Contact us today to learn what 100th Monkey Media can do for you. 636-789-1776 or visit 100thmm.com. That's 636-789-1776 or 100thmm.com. And this is Mish Hancock. We are back with Mishmash and Mary Hostetter, who just shared with us where you started and then where this has gone. And we have we we have to talk Oprah. Oh. I mean, tell tell us about the experience. Unbelievable. I, I just remember that I was speaking to a group of uh uh, students from high school, and I was doing, um, and I was talking to them about marketing and all different things. And my daughter Kim, who is part of our business, a major part of our business, comes running down the street, and we were out on the veranda at the time. And so I have glass doors there, and I could see her running down the street like she was so excited, and she was jumping up and down with this envelope, this Manila envelope. And if you know Kim, you know that she doesn't get overly emotional, right? And right. so this meant that something really big must have happened. And she comes running in, and she says, "Look, we've made it! We've made it in the Oprah magazine. We're one of her." <laughs> Uh, 100 favorite things for the holiday season. And this was on like about July, excuse me, on November 4th. So this was like basically three weeks before Thanksgiving. And here we were in the Oprah magazine, and they were featuring our 
Levy High Caramel Apple Pecan Pie as one of Oprah's favorite things. Which is an amazing. Okay, oh, and how many apples go into that 18 pie? 18 apples in every pie. Unbelievable. Yes, peeled and sliced and hand-placed in the pie. I mean, it is unbelievable. It's just a beautiful masterpiece, a beautiful work of art. And we had been making this pie since 1993. After the flood of 93, we decided that the levee was so instrumental in saving our town of Kimswick because... The levee was built for a 50-foot crest of water from the Mississippi River, and the water got to 49.9. So it was the levee and God and all the angels that saved Kimswick from washing away, like Valmeyer did. Right. And so we were very fortunate in that. And when we came back after being out of business for two busy tourist months, we were totally shut down and closed July and August, and we decided that we wanted to do something positive to remember the flood of 93 by. So we decided to build a pie that looked like the levee that saved the town of Kimswick. And then after we baked this pie with 18 apples and every pie peeled and sliced, we decided that when it came out of the oven, it needed to have like maybe a caramel pecan topping that would look like the rocks and all of that that were on top of the levee that helped to make it stronger. And so we carameled the apple pie with pecans and caramel and oh my God, it became this beautiful <laughs> piece of artwork. It's amazing. And people would walk in and they would look at that and they would say, how did you pump up the pie crust? You know, what did you use to pump up that pie crust? They thought we put like a tire pump in there and just had <laughs> like, you know, just air inside of the pie crust. But no, it was filled with That's apples. apples, people. Yes, exactly. <laughs> and then like we do mini pies and they thought we just put like a whole mini pie inside of that little mini pie. But no, that was three apples that were peeled and sliced and put inside oh of that gosh. pie crust. So... Being on Oprah was absolutely crazy. It brought so many different um, things to us, like the Women's Day magazine came in, yeah. and they wanted to feature us on the Today Show. They were doing a special feature there on the Today Show in New York, and everybody says, well, how did you like New York? And I say, I didn't get to go to you New York. Get to My go. pie went but to New York. Was there. Yes, yeah, and exactly. that was great. That's what needed to be there. And they featured it as one of the best gifts to ship from the Midwest for the holiday season. So here we were on Oprah. Then the Today Show editor had called and asked us to be on the Today Show. They featured that on December the 12th, which was just two weeks before Christmas. And the only way people could really get it, other than from St. Louis, they had to have it shipped. So we had created a shipping department when we were featured on the Food Network with Jamie and Bobby Dean. And then also we were featured a few months later with Paula Dean. So we had our shipping department, which my daughter Kim uh, created, and it just opened up the gift shop online. She did all of that, and we were shipping pies all over the U.S. And Paula Dean was like, um, Paula Dean was like the U.S. of A. goddess, you know. <laughs> but when you have Oprah, Oprah is like the universe. Right. So here we are. Right. I think we peeled like seventy-five thousand apples in two months oh my to be gosh. able to make all of the pie orders that were coming in. And it was one of the craziest times of our life. We had to open a production facility, which Kim did. She found a location. She cleaned it up. She got it ready. And before you knew it, we were baking all of our pies and all of our cakes, everything for the Blue Owl Bakery out in House Springs at our Blue Owl production facility. And it had been a former donut shop. So when people kept coming by and asking when we were going to open, reopen the donut <laughs> shop, she decided we were going to make okay, donuts. donuts it is. So donuts it was. And uh, so we started making donuts. And then after that, we wound up making um, 
just turning it into a retail bakery space as well. And now, over the years, we've expanded with, uh, she has her offices out there. She also has the wedding coordinator and our event coordinator there, and our shipping department is also out there. So that space has grown as well. And, oh, my God, if you could see all the beautiful baking that they do there, it's incredible to see them work and put those pies together and make them all by hand. Um, and then we, she has a walk-in oven, and she can actually bake like 90 pumpkin pies at a time. Oh, my gosh. So when, you know, and I mean, they're baking cakes, uh, you know, 50 passion cakes at a time. It's unbelievable. And that's the kind of volume that she needs to be producing because that's the number of cakes and pies that are being sold, you know. So it's unbelievable how well, things have and changed. The Levy High Apple Pie, what's so interesting about that is the shipping alone. I mean, it, it has to be packed in a very specific manner yes. in order to get to people in one piece. And then once they get it, they also have to know how to, there's instructions for how to slice it. And bake it because we ship it. When we first started shipping, we were trying all different methods. We didn't know exactly what to do, and Kim was trying all of those. So she'd ship to my mom and dad in Texas. Oh, I love (laughs) it. That's a happy thing to get. (laughs) Yes. And then if the pie came and it was baked already and and the pie crust was so flaky and tender that it might cave in. So then we had to figure out a way to actually ship it without that happening. So then it came to the point where we had to ship it frozen and unbaked and dry ice in a cooler. That cooler had to be in a box. So the entire package was like 18 pounds. Oh my gosh. Had to be shipped second day air. So all of that, and then, you know, just being able to get all the supplies for that, getting enough coolers to do it, enough boxes. We didn't even have a box when all of this, um, the Food Network and everything came to be for us. We didn't even have a box big enough for our apple pie. So we had to <laughs> oh my create, gosh. and Kim did all of that, created a box and had our logo put on it and everything that would house the apple pie. And so that was just the beginning of all the shipping that we've done all over the U.S. That is an yes. am- it's amazing. People, I mean, you know, you think, oh, I want this pie, but they don't think of everything that has gone oh. into making it possible for that pie to arrive on Without your doorstep. A doubt. <laughs> and then there's a postcard that tells them how to bake the pie and uh, how to cool the pie. And then if they have the caramel pecan topping, we send that in a separate container in the box and then tells them how to ice the pie after the pie is cooled and that. And many people send us uh, pictures of the pie that they've made and how proud they are of that oh, pie. So gosh, it's really cool. That's yeah, so really, really cool. cool. I mean, and how tall is it? It actually is about 10 inches tall. That's yeah. usually about how high it is. And I believe when I was on uh, Paula's show in Savannah, on Paula Dean's show in Savannah, Jamie actually took out a tape measure and he measured her pie. Her pie, they wanted it to be bigger and better than what I had made <laughs> with her sons and taught her sons to do because she was... Paula Dean. Yeah. And I said, well, I can make it bigger, but I don't know that I can make it better. So with Paula, <laughs> I thought, what is Paula like? And our staff all got together and we said she loves butter, pecan sugar, and all of that stuff. Right. So let's put all of that into a streusel topping and put that between the layers of apples. And then we'll call it the Paula Dean Savannah High Apple Pie. Oh my gosh. Which is cool. what we named it. Yes. And that was really a great experience Lucky going to Savannah. Paula getting, yeah. getting a, a pie named after her. Right. That's pretty cool. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So 
so, I mean, the Travel Channel has been there, and they still air our show, which is amazing. Right. Because that was like maybe 2011, I think, that they came in. Um, actually, that was 2010, and then uh, Oprah came out in 11. In 11, right. Exactly. So, you know, so they have been there. And even way back when, it was Breaking Bread with Father Dominic, and he came in to feature our, our huge uh, caramel rolls. And uh, when they came in to film, they saw all the baking that was going on and how crazy it was and just said, oh my gosh, let's film the whole place. And they did everything. So oh my gosh. pretty exciting. Yeah, okay, pretty exciting. I, I, I need to go get a, we're going to take a dessert break right okay. now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> we'll be back Sounds with everybody delicious. else in just a bit. Okay. <laughs> this is Mickey Hancock. Now's a good time to get a snack. My mom's going to do another commercial. If you're looking for an agency to help you with creating and publishing engaging content, launching campaigns, or reputation management, 100th Monkey Media is the social media agency for you. Make your business successful with its social media and get a real return from your investment. 100th Monkey Media is far more affordable than you may think, and we make it easy and impactful. Learn how 100th Monkey Media can help you on Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, Pinterest, and more. Contact us at 636-789-1776 or visit 100thmm.com. That's 636-789-1776 or visit 100thmm.com. And we are back with Mary Hostetter. Okay, Mary, this I get to ask you some fun questions. Okay. <laughs> and you, you have free license with these. Uh, okay. Um, so my first question is, you have had so many hits when it comes to making these wonderful, the, all the wonderful food you make. Have you ever had a miss? Have you ever? Oh, gosh. Oh, I'm sure there's been a miss. I, but <laughs> it's just, uh, wow. You know, thinking about all the different things, um, I... I can't you have think it. of one. You, it's like I'm almost like you is, and food, though. It's like you're at one with food. Like well, you I, just I get love, it. I, I love to cook. I mean, and I don't cook at the Blue Owl anymore. I would love to do it more, but I'm just really busy. I love to be with the people out in front. But when we have dinners at home with the family, you know, people say, oh, you don't cook, do you? Well, yes, yeah. I do cook. What's I, one you of your know? favorite things to do, Without though, is cook for people? Yes, and, and I, I love doing it. So, you know, when things turn out, and usually they do, <laughs> I guess I'm just really <laughs> blessed. It's just kind of that natural, you know, growing up feeling and knowing how to, you know, just put in this and put in that. And, you know, my husband just loves it because he says, even my salads are delicious. And I'm it's like, so, well. he has to be one of the happiest people yeah. on earth. Oh, he, you know, and he's so appreciative. That's one thing. He really appreciates the fact that I do cook and, and, you know, he's even helping out a lot too, cooking himself, just doing different things so that when I come home at night, I don't have to always cook. Right. But he's a great barbecuer. So I usually make like the mac and cheese or, you know, whatever goes with it. I just really, especially this time of year, the fresh tomatoes oh, out of the yeah. garden and stuff like that. How can you not have a salad and home homegrown corn on the cob? Oh, <laughs> yeah, in the it's Midwest, so we have the best corn on we the cob. We do, absolutely, awesome. without a doubt. Yes. So, I mean, I I love to cook, and just thinking off the top of my head, I really can't tell you if we've. I'd have to think about that. One. <laughs> well, I see, would. that's like great though. You're like I am pretty good at this, so I, I, can't, this. I can't tell you a story. When years ago, when we had our cookbook and it was the hot tamale soup was featured in Treasures from the Heart, and you know I was from Texas, born and raised in Texas, so hot tamales meant a lot to me. But um, 
we had a hot tamale soup. And in the bottom of the bowl, you would put a hot tamale, and then you would put the soup over the top of it, and you'd put cheese and sour cream and everything on top, yum. and it was just yum. So I was working in the kitchen, and I was actually cooking with our head cook at that time, and uh, I was responsible for serving the hot tamale soup because we had to keep the tamales warm on the stove. Well, I was busy, you know, doing the sandwiches and all the other things that were going on. And at the end of the day, she said, I don't quite understand this. She said, we hardly have any soup left, but there's a lot of tamales left. And I looked at her and I thought to myself, oh, my goodness. (laughs) Um, I guess she can't fire me since I'm the owner. (laughs) But I forgot to put the tamales in the bowl. And they're probably thinking, why is this called tamale soup? (laughs) We're like, I guess this kind of tastes like like a tamale. (laughs) (laughs) So that would be what you would call a hit or miss. I I love it. That's hilarious. (laughs) Yeah, I'll never forget that. Hot tamale soup without without the tamale. tamale. (laughs) Yes, without the tamale. I was like, oh, my gosh, do I tell her? And I'm like, okay, well, I don't don't think she can fire me. <laughs> so with all this cooking that you do, is there is there one spice that you that just reigns? Like one spice you're like this is the best spice ever. I can't live without it. I'm so glad God invented it for us. <laughs> well, I think because I love Mexican food so much that it would be a toss up between the the uh, cumin and the chili powder. Ah. I love making, you know, all the Mexican food and things like that. So I really love that and garlic salt many things. And now that I'm really, you know, I've been on a diet and I've really cut back on salt and things, lemon pepper to me. Oh, it has right, such that a can take great, the place yeah, of salt. Yes, and it has such a great flavor to it that I put lemon pepper on my salad and I use the balsamic vinegar and, and I use the... Um, just, I mean, olive oil now, you know, always. And it just is so delicious like that. And Yum. one of my servers actually makes uh, homemade vinegars. And, oh, my God, balsamic vinegar. Wow. That, yeah, beautiful vinegars in that. She has a beautiful farm down in Bloomsdale. And so I love, love, love to have her vinegars in my salad. Very, very, very good. Very cool. Yeah. But I would have to good say for, for me, chili powder. Chili powder. <laughs> and cumin. And there you and go. garlic. Yes, all the above. <laughs> all the important ones. Right. And cinnamon. For, oh, you got to have cinnamon. Right? Yes. For the, for the, the apple pie. When it comes to baking, the... cinnamon is my favorite, without yes. a doubt. Oh my God. And if it calls for a teaspoon, I put two. Yeah. <laughs> there <laughs> you go. Doubt. Cinnamon plus. <laughs> yes, without a doubt. Yes. And good cinnamon, too. It makes so, such a difference. I know how much you love to cook for people. And that's a big part family around the table, cooking for them. So if you could have a dinner, if you were going to make a dinner right now today, and you could invite anybody to the table, whether they're with us or not any longer. Who's going to be at that table with you? You're going to make me yeah, cry. I know. Okay. You're going to make me cry, too. So, okay. Just, dad. But for sure. You know, yeah. My, my dad just passed, passed away in away May. not too long ago. And my mom, you know, and my grandma. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my God. If I could have the three of them at my table and just be able to cook a meal for them. I would love it, you know, because they were so instrumental in my life and in my faith and, um, you know, just in everything. And I know that they're all watching over me at this time. And uh, if I could have them come back and have one meal, doesn't matter which one, I would absolutely just be... It'd be awesome. Yes. And these are the people that, you know, really prelude, they, they came before. Right. And taught Amazing Mary, all those amazing things. And now we have this wonderful thing in Missouri called the Blue Owl. 
Oh, Mary, I love you so much. (laughs) You have no idea. So so, uh, full disclosure, I get to work with the Blue Owl often on the social media end of things. And of all my pages... I have to say that is they that page is so happy. People come to the Blue Owl Facebook page and just they love talking about the food. They love sharing things. They love being a part of it. And what is so interesting to me is this little historic town of Kimswick. And if you've ever been to Kimswick, Missouri, it's there's there's the antique feel to it. I I like to say going to the Blue Owls like your your grandma is you going to grandma's house to eat and your grandma's a rock and cook, right? <laughs> that's our you know, which is exactly our what it's like. It's like compliment. you feel at home, you feel comfy, but yet, and I we have to talk about this. You've got this amazing little historic town that right now has been brought into this century in a heartbeat because of Pokemon Go. Yes. Your streets are filled every weekend with people there yeah. that are looking for Pokemon. Yes. And you've even you've even opened up the Blue Owl Sweet Shop late to accommodate all the, the game players. We have because, I mean, they, you know, we open our, we have a, cha- uh, a charging station for them so that they can recharge their phones and keep going. And we have the restrooms available and water for them and all of this good stuff that they love. But then, of course, we have, we also serve some of the food and we serve our ice cream. And our shakes and things, and, and you, in one and, of your ice creams, you are even called Pokemon. Yes, we have the Pokemon color of it cream. is Pokemon. Yes, and which we have, I love. We have, um, and you're a gym. So the blue. Uh, yes. so, so Pokemon players, uh-huh. if you go to Kimswick, the gym there is the Blue Owl Restaurant. Right, right. Yeah. And we also have Pokemon pulled pork nachos. <laughs> oh, I <laughs> didn't say that quickly. Yeah, really. <laughs> no, there's and Pokemon cookies and Pokemon this and that. It's just. Unbelievable. And I mean, they're there every day, but I guess the weekend is when people have more time to do it. And they really don't come out as much until it's dark. So I guess maybe it lights up brighter on their phones or something after dark. I'm not sure. I don't know. Are just gamers? Yeah. Uh, and, and, uh, they tend to be late night people. Yes. And, but it, you think about this, what, what Kimswick itself, I mean, you know, it's not like there's cars racing up and down no, the streets. Right. You know, it's, a, it's a, you drive slowly. Yes. So it's an easy place for people just to walk around and not get run over exactly. and have problems when they're yeah. <laughs> being a little and distracted just, with you know, the game. I think that the town itself has been welcoming to them. There's been some places in St. Louis that say, no Pokemon Go play. Right. You know, and that's not at all how we feel. No, it's like, they come are. on down. When I went, there were some neighbors outside, and uh-huh. you know, and I was like, oh, I said, oh gosh, are we all driving you crazy with our Pokemon plan? She goes, actually, no, we love it. Welcome. Yeah. And she was saying, if you go down there, I heard this. And if you go over there, you heard this. And she was giving us pointers. And I'm like, what a sweet town. Yeah, that's awesome. I mean, it's just really unbelievable that it this has come out like it has. And it's affected us so much. We are just really, really excited about it. And we hope that it continues because it's just been really fun. And our staff, you know, has really taken it to heart. Um, We have, you know, uh, Kayla and Danny have just, and Joey have just really, really gone way over the top by being able to be there so that they can, you know, make the people happy and that's been great yeah it's been awesome I just can't even tell you how much I appreciate you coming by oh sure thank you so much it's been wonderful it has been so much fun to be a part of the Blue Owl over the years and you guys do some awesome things so thank you thank you so much thank you darling and we will catch you all next time on Mishmash Mishmash